Welcome to O's Corner with your host, Onyi. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to episode six of O's Corner. I am your host, Onyi, and as always, it brings me so much pleasure to be here with all of you. Thank you so much for listening in. Before we get started with our topic for today, let's already go ahead and ground, center, really step into that place of appreciation, of gratitude, of acknowledgement. First and foremost, I acknowledge my higher self and I greet your higher selves. I am in such appreciation for the fact that we chose to be here together, to experience this life, to be here learning, teaching, coexisting with each other in all the different ways that we are doing so. Thank you so much. I honor and welcome in our ancestors. I thank my ancestors. I thank your ancestors. I thank and acknowledge the ancestors of the lands that we occupy. I thank our ancestors going back to the beginning of time, all of our collective ancestors. Thank you for the lives you lived, the choices you made, everything you did for yourselves. And that was a reflection for us so that we may see and make decisions in the direction of our preference. I thank you. Honoring and acknowledging the directions, honoring and acknowledging the elements and elementals. I honor and acknowledge the beings in the plant, mineral, and animal kingdoms. Thank you so much to everything, everything on earth, everything outside of earth. I'm so grateful to be part of this co-creation, this co-reflection, this coexistence. I'm grateful, just grateful to be here. I thank you. Oh, that always feels so good to do. I'm just, yeah, it it is something like I have done and said every episode that we will always make sure to do because it just really sets the tone no matter what the topic of conversation is. And being the second Friday of the month, our category of focus is love, sex, dating, all things relating. And what I really wanted to focus on today, specifically when it comes to those topics, but we can kind of look at it in general as well. And really looking at the general idea of this feeds into all expressions of it. And that's just really being who we are in our authenticity. Who are we? How are we? What are we? Do we know what that is? Do we define what that is ourselves? Do we allow the definitions of others to trump our own? Do we allow others' ideas or their projections to really take us off of our own knowledge of ourselves? You know, when I think of 2021 and seeing the numerological breakdown of that year, 2 plus 0 plus 2 plus 1 equals 5. And as I've mentioned in prior episodes, I am a quasi-numerologist. What I'll do is if I see a series of numbers consistently or if I'm considering a specific day and look at the combination of either the date of the specific day or the entire date, then I'll do the numerological breakdown and see what that number correlates to as far as specific traditions that I practice or that I'm aware of. And oftentimes I'll relate them to the deities within the tradition that I practice, Ifa, and the Orisha or the Irumule, 
which, again, this tradition comes from the Yoruba people of West Africa. And when we look at the number five, which for me governs this year, that number belongs to Oshun. And Oshun is an Orisha that is, I mean, in very simplistic terms, she is so deep, really, really deep, but she is a manifestation of the divine feminine. She is God's love and God's beauty, a reflection of that. She reminds us of the beauty that is us, the value and the worth that we have because we are here. There's nothing we needed to do in order to be worthy or be valuable. God created us, and as such, we are beautiful. And Oshun reminds us and teaches us to self-reflect, to know who we are, to love who we are, to see who we are. She teaches us creativity. She teaches us to really enjoy and be in our senses. She teaches us about being fluid and being free. And she also deals with ethics and communication and community and so many different things. And what I wanted to focus on in terms of her energy is, again, that idea of just really knowing ourselves, really understanding ourselves. And again, going back to the idea of this year being a five-year, coming out of 2020 and everything that it brought to the surface and all of the shifts and changes and the destruction and the upheaval, so much that happened last year, but really happened and gave us the opportunity to see what we've needed to see in general or to see it in different ways to give us a better perspective about what we need to change when it comes to how we need to become more balanced with ourselves, with other people, with the earth and so forth. And leaving that year and coming into this five year, this year again, five being the number of Oshun, of just this recognition of the need to remember ourselves as individuals, to remember ourselves as a human species, this collective, and to really know who we are. We've moved away from who we are on many different levels. And the work of this year for me is really turning out to be one where we rediscover ourselves, we remember ourselves, we see ourselves in the mirror, and we love ourselves. We love the reflection that we see. We ground in the understanding that we are worthy and valuable and that we deserve to be here. We get to be whatever it is we are being in any given moment. We get to look how we look. We get to sound how we sound. We get to love how we love. And when it comes to love, sex, dating, and anything relating, anything dealing with relationships, you know, who are we? What is our core erotic nature? What is our sexual nature? What is our nature in and of itself that then lends itself to be expressed in the different ways depending on the areas of our lives that we're looking at? You know, there's so many different ideas about how we need to be, what we need to be, what we need to look like. In many ways, everything from how we do our hair, the type of clothing that we wear, 
the way that we show up in social media platforms, how we speak. And then if we look at sexuality, when we look at sexual orientation, when we look at preferences, there's so many ideas and projections as to what that needs to look like as well. You know, we are shown certain things that are put on the pedestal in terms of what normalcy looks like, in terms of what acceptable behavior looks like, in terms of what attractiveness looks like or sexiness or desirability looks like. You know, so many different things are put on the pedestal as if they are the end-all, be-all of this specific idea of, again, beauty, of desirability, and so forth. And that excludes a lot of people. And the crazy thing is that oftentimes the individuals or the group of individuals that are put on this pedestal, they oftentimes don't even look like what they are projected to look like to the masses. You know, we have this, I don't know, I just, I I really pray for humanity and I have faith and hope and I definitely see the dimensions of earth and of existence in which we are doing something different. But I got to tell you, just the things that we create in this here dimension really do not support the idea that people get to be who they are. And I totally commend any individuals that regardless of conditioning, regardless of stereotypes, regardless of just a mass consensus ideas and beliefs that they step into their courage to be who they are because they have so many things that are saying to do otherwise, saying to do otherwise. And then what we put on a pedestal as the things that people should aspire to as far as aesthetics go, as far as sexual attraction goes, it's just really, it really negates existence. You know, existence contains all of it. Existence, God, the all that is, whatever we want to call it, desires to see itself reflected in all the different ways. It wants to see the spectrum all the colors of the rainbow that we see more immediately and all the colors that exist in the rainbow that we don't see immediately. All of it is valid. All of it is here. If it wasn't valid, if it wasn't worthy, it wouldn't be here. Existence does not make mistakes. And I think really understanding that and really knowing that would shift a lot for people who imagine that their sexual preferences aren't valid or what they enjoy when it comes to their eroticism is taboo or is more taboo than other people's taboo, I should say that, or that they don't get to be attracted to specific things that they're attracted to. You know, it's one thing if we look at behavior that violates or negates other people. You know, I definitely think looking at that type of behavior and putting an end to it, shifting that behavior is necessary. And it's another thing to look at behavior where there are consenting adults, where people are following their excitement, people are doing what there is for them to do of their own accord with agreements, and allowing people to just be who they are being. 
and do what they're doing without imposing our own ideas on them. It's like whenever I look at individuals or organizations that want to look down on individuals based on their preferences, based on their lifestyle, based on things that literally have nothing to do with anyone else except for themselves and except for those individuals that are in some sort of relating with them or agreement with them, I always wonder, you know, what is it to you that they are choosing to live in this way? How does it affect you, aside from rubbing against your sensibilities and rubbing against your own preferences and rubbing against your own beliefs? That's one thing, and you get to work through that and whatever that's bringing up for you. But outside of that, if their decisions literally have no impact on you, why do you care? What is it to you? How are you affected negatively? Or is it just a challenge to your beliefs? Is it a challenge to something within you that you have not been able to reconcile yourself? I always question any one of us whenever we have responses to individuals just being who they are, whatever that looks like, and having these vehemently angry or agitated or triggered responses, to me, that's absolutely an indication that there's something going on within us that we need to resolve. Yet, rather than looking at ourselves, we find it easier to point the finger in the other direction outwards and project all of that negativity, all of that suppression, all of that repression onto those individuals and make them to be wrong. We do that so much when it comes especially to the areas of sex and relating and dating, sexuality. And it's it's funny to consider, or maybe not even funny, but very interesting to consider the energy centers that deal specifically with sex. And we have a couple, which are the first and second chakras. So we have the root chakra, we have the sacral chakra. And while in simple terms, the root chakra deals with our security, with our groundedness and our rootedness and survival, and the second chakra, the sacral chakra, deals with creativity and sexuality, sensuality, they both, again, kind of are in the same locations. And it is, again, interesting to consider that the same location that contains or that deals with the sexual energy also deals with security with value, with worth. And there is so much that we attach to sexuality as it pertains to how we are valued by other people, how we value ourselves. And it's really interesting to consider just the different ideas and beliefs we have about what makes someone sexually attractive or viable as a partner based on oftentimes just standards of beauty that have nothing to do with most people, and how yet we still uphold these standards of beauty. You know, little boys are conditioned to be attracted to little girls that look or act a certain way. Little girls are conditioned to be attracted to little boys that look or do a certain thing. And even if you don't get that instruction from your parents, you will absolutely get that instruction through any magazines you see, social media outlets movies, and so forth. And it's just really, it's really damaging. Because again, there is an exclusion of the multiplicity of existence, 
of life. So many individuals are not included in any of the representations of what is considered, again, beautiful, valuable, attractive, sexy. And we negate individual people's preferences and their choices. Now, even preferences can get interesting because oftentimes your preference, like a friend of mine was saying, is really your reference. You know, it's like you might have a specific affinity or attraction to something because you have reference points for that thing, whether it was this teacher that looked a certain way that was really nice to you. And then after that, just every time you saw someone that looked similar to that teacher, then that was an attraction you had. Or the flip side of it, you know, someone or a couple people who looked a certain way, however they looked that was similar, they treated you negatively and you had a bad experience or relationship with them. And therefore, after that, every time you saw a person who kind of looked like those people, you steered clear of them. We see that often when it comes to, again, stereotypes of groups of people, you know, specific segments of the population that are negatively stereotyped or that have been given attributes that have nothing to do with them, actually, and everything to do with society's projection onto them in light of historical circumstances. We absolutely see that as existing in our society. You know, when I look at people of color, especially, and looking at Black people, African American people, and looking at the different features and traits that, on the one hand, are exotified by society and are co-opted in many ways, are simulated in other ways, then those same features on the individuals within those communities are negated, are not seen as anything special, or are used against them. I oftentimes hear about, you know, darker skin, and I have experienced this, darker skin, especially darker skinned women not being put on a pedestal or not being seen as the epitome of beauty, whereas you put light-skinned women or white women on the pedestal as the epitome of beauty or as the epitome of femininity. And if many men, no matter what their race is, are conditioned in that direction, then they absolutely will have certain ideas and biases against, again, darker-skinned women, whether darker-skinned African-American women or darker-skinned women in other communities of color. But it's also interesting because in white communities, darker skin or having a tan is seen as exotic or is something desirable. So I don't know. Human beings are very interesting. We just have a lot of things backwards, flipped upside down. We contradict ourselves. We just, (laughs) we be doing things that are a hot mess sometimes. Again, I love us, but I just am looking forward to the day when we grow up. We really grow up and step into an adult humanity because right now the stuff we do is pretty childish. It's really childish. And, you know, just looking at just sexual identities and sexual preferences and the things that people enjoy when it comes to their eroticism, just really making and holding space for people to be what and who they are. To be what and who they are and to explore that with freedom, with ease, with joy, without being afraid that they will be alone, without fear that people will leave them. 
that people will disown them. It's really giving people the opportunity to explore their sexuality in all the ways that they can that honor them, that are in alignment with their excitement. You know, how many people can say that they are living the lives that they prefer when it comes to their sexual encounters, when it comes to their romantic relationships, when it comes to their dating life, how many people are living the life they prefer, are engaging in ways that bring them joy, are at peace, are at joy, are not acting from a place of trauma, are not acting from negative beliefs. You know, not a lot of people can say that. The examples that many of us have had, they were figuring it out too. Our parents were figuring it out. Prior to them, you know, our grandparents were figuring it out. There may have been different ideas and senses of what, you know, men and women did and what their responsibilities were that then played into their roles sexually. But again, it's like a lot of the examples that we've had, they've just been as clueless in many ways as we have been. So it's almost like we, any one of us at any age, we have the agency and we have the ability and we have the space, should we choose to take it, should we step into our courage to inhabit it, we have the opportunity to really define what it is that we prefer when it comes to our core erotic nature, our sexuality, our lives. You know, what is it we prefer? Who are we? What excites us? What arouses us? Truly arouses us from a place of neutrality, from a place of authenticity? Are we able to stand in that alone with ourselves, by ourselves? knowing ourselves, and thus engaging with ourselves in similar ways as we would want to engage with another person, because that's a whole other thing. You know, oftentimes we are looking for people to complete us. You know, we're taught that <laughs> that cliche so many times, you know, you complete me, when really the work is to be complete within ourselves, to contain both the sexual energies to be all that we need so that no one is completing us. Rather, they are meeting us as complete individuals themselves. And it's the meeting of completion and meeting of completion that we create the relating, the relationship, the entity that is separate outside of us. But we are whole in and of ourselves. And again, people are taught to look for that person that completes you. We're taught to seek the validation of someone else. We're taught to expect other people to give us what we actually haven't been taught fully to give ourselves. Again, that love, that validation. And really, once we validate ourselves or once we remember that there's no need to receive validation because we are already valid, then I feel like that just takes so much of the pressure away. It allows us to focus our energy on so many other things. For example, just loving ourselves, doing what makes us happy, what brings us joy, and exploring. 
really exploring. And it's a little interesting because obviously we are still in quarantine at this time and not that folks are not getting together because I imagine that they are. <laughs> to the degree that we did prior to quarantine, I don't know. Again, that's where part of the question comes <laughs> of what are we doing when it comes to love, sex, dating, and all things relating pre-quarantine, certainly during quarantine. And then once we're out of quarantine, that will be an interesting phase as well. But, you know, during this time of social distancing, of isolation, we have the opportunity to explore by ourselves if we are isolated or if we are with partners and there is the desire to do this exploration with our partners, then really having the time and space to sit and consider what is your core erotic nature? What is your sexual nature in and of itself stripped away or stripping away the conditioning, the ideas, the beliefs of what, you know, society, family, others have said we need to abide by? What is it that we would choose for ourselves if we aren't already living that life? What does that look like? You know, one of the things that I tapped into a little bit a few years ago was the world of kink. And that was a very fascinating exploration for me. And I'll tell the story on a different episode. I actually owe you all <laughs> a story for this episode before we wrap up. But tapping into that world was very interesting. And it really showed me a lot in terms of, you know, having a group or groups of people that were creating agreements and really honoring the agreements and honoring the boundaries of individuals and really knowing kind of which directions they could go, which directions not to go, what thresholds to really move up against and so forth, and all the different types of play all the different types of behavior and activities that this world encompassed. And what I really appreciated about that world in comparison to the world of non-kink, I guess you would call it, <laughs> I'm not well versed on all of the vocabulary, but one of the things that I really appreciated was the intentionality behind, again, agreements. Nothing was taken for granted there were hardly any assumptions. I mean, I imagine that there were individuals who were outliers to, or in the sense that, you know, they didn't operate in the same way. But I didn't really find that a lot from my observations. It was very clear that people wanted to know kind of what your preferences were, what your thresholds were, what was okay with you. There it just was a very intentional community more so than, again, the non-kink world where a lot of assumptions are made. We have ideas about how relationships are supposed to look, what sex needs to look like, what positions are okay, what positions are not okay, what acts are okay, what are not okay. And there's not as much exploration unless there truly is exploration. People just take things for granted and fall into these patterns and behaviors without really taking a moment to say, wait, do I even enjoy this? Is this my core erotic nature? 
am I stimulated by this or am I just doing this because I have to just cater to what my partner wants and I don't get to think about myself or I don't even get to have a conversation with my partner about what it is that I prefer or not prefer. And again, mind you, I know and I imagine that there are many people who do have these conversations, but I want to say that, you know, from what I've observed and I've just seen that oftentimes there's just a lot of assumptions made, a lot of assumptions made, and people don't challenge those assumptions. If they do, it's to a certain degree, but not a lot of people go really in and deep in terms of conversations about, you know, their sexual preferences and the things that they enjoy or don't enjoy and the things that they want to try or not want to try. And I'm all for those conversations. I'm all for all of us having those conversations with each other knowing what those are for ourselves. I think that's such a beautiful thing. And what I hope people do during this time, during all times, is to just really take the time to explore. Take the time to explore their own bodies. Take the time to see what they are aroused by, by themselves. You know, learn how to be in your arousal with yourself, by yourself, And see what that feels like. You know, what does it feel like? Knowing what that is for you in and of yourself, by yourself, so that when you do engage with your partner, you are absolutely clear about what that is. And you can absolutely direct and navigate and help your partner navigate all the ways to really be with you in your eroticism and Hopefully they've done the same work as well to where they can help you navigate what it's like to be with them in their eroticism. And you navigate together what that looks like. And perhaps you even explore new and different things together that you individually didn't consider. But together, because of just how your energies interact, then you find new ways of engaging. I think that's such a beautiful thing. And again... I may be speaking to, or the people that are listening now, y'all may already be like, oh, we're on that already. (laughs) Like, we've been done, had been having those conversations. If that's the case, then wonderful and amazing. But what I do know is that not a lot of people do. Not a lot of people do. And again, people just kind of take certain things for granted. They have certain formulas for how things need to be, how things need to go. Certain things are assumed versus really checking in with the individuals to see, actually, do you prefer this? Do you like this? I know most people do or say they do, but do you actually enjoy this? And really allowing for an honest response and really allowing yourself to have an honest response when asked those questions and really sitting with that to see, wow, do I enjoy this because I enjoy it? Or do I say I enjoy it because that's what I'm supposed to enjoy and I've bought into that idea? You know, think about that. Think about that. So much to think about. So much to consider, again, in this year, this five year, looking at the reflection of Ashun and really learning about ourselves, knowing ourselves, seeing our reflections, and in particular when it comes to, again, our sexual natures, our core erotic natures. Who are we? How do we operate? What do we prefer? What is truly exciting for us? Really asking ourselves those questions and responding honestly. And if we don't know, then taking the time 
and extending the energy into learning what that is, having that exploration, seeing it as an adventure, traveling to the land called ourselves, digging deep, excavating, clearing, peeling away, chipping away at what isn't us when it comes to our erotic natures, our sexual natures, so that all that's left is truly us. It's truly us. I'm so, again, I'm so down, and so I'm so here for it. I'm here for the conversations. I'm here for the reflections. I'm here for the exploration. And I look forward to having some guests with me to discuss certain topics within this realm of LSD, love, sex, dating, and all things relating. And before I end, I wanted to share the story that I mentioned on episode two that I would share, which is a story of how I even came to start doing this series. And so what happened was I was scrolling through Facebook in 2018 and came across a memory on my feed of a post that I had done on the same day, but 2016, so two years before. And this post said, what do you do when the person you thought you were going on a date with is actually just dropping you off at the club? Dot, 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 question mark. And I responded to myself in this post, suck it up, have a couple drinks and make friends with the ladies to your left and your right. Hashtag, clearly we're not on the same page. Hashtag, too good to be true. Hashtag, of course. Hashtag, learning to laugh at myself. Yeah, I'm sure that when I posted it then, <laughs> the original time, I was not laughing very hard. But reading it that time, two years later, I laughed a bit more since I was removed from it. And it really... I don't know what it was about that time, but I thought, hmm, I'm really curious to post this to see what people say and to ask questions about what others have experienced. So I actually posted it in my stories and Instagram and included the prompt, tell me your funny slash crazy slash weird dating story. And I was surprised at the responses that I received and the conversations that were sparked to the degree that... I did this series in my stories for several weeks, if not months, and then the next year I decided to do an Instagram Live series, and then fast forward to now, LSD, Love, Sex, Dating, and All Things Relating, is one of the weekly topics of O's Corner, but the story in and of itself. <laughs> so I was traveling for work around that time, obviously 2016, and happened to get some food at a restaurant. I, I decided to dine in. And I was sitting next to a gentleman who was sitting by himself at a table. And I happened to notice that this gentleman was attractive to me. But I wasn't in a place of, and oh my God, let me try to do something to talk to this man. I was not even thinking that. But I just noticed him and I think he noticed me or noticed me noticing him. I'm not sure. But one of us made a comment, and then the other person responded, and then we just kind of kept corresponding across tables. And at some point, I just said, look, rather than talking across tables, do you want to eat together? And he said, sure. And so I joined him at his table, I believed, and we had a great conversation. Nothing crazy, but 
fun, interesting. He inquired about what I was doing. I asked him about what there was to do in the city. He gave me some suggestions, and we ended up exchanging information. And after we left the restaurant, we were actually texting a bit back and forth as I was making decisions about what I would do that evening based on some of his suggestions. And I just noticed that he was very friendly in the text messages and was very enthusiastic about helping me to find something to do and to really enjoy myself. And at one point, he even offered to bring me some alcohol. He said, what do you like to drink? And I was like, uh, I told him <laughs> something. I don't even remember what I said. And then he said, okay, well, what do you like to mix with it? And I told him, and he's like, okay, I'm going to drop it off, and uh, I have some work to do, but I'll drop it off. And I knew he was a driver, so haha, <laughs> hint, hint. But I was like, oh, this is the first time that I've had someone, like, offer to bring me drinks. And he totally stopped by at the time that he said he would. I was staying at an Airbnb. He stopped by, brought me the a small bottle of that alcohol, a bottle of the juice that I had wanted. And he's like, you know, I have to go to work, but, you know, here you go. And let me know once you decide where you want to go and what time. And I just was like, who is this person? And we kept texting back and forth after he left. And I decided on a place. And then he's like, okay, great, cool. That's a really cool place. I'll come pick you up at, you know, this specific time. And, you know, in my mind, I didn't, I didn't make the connection. <laughs> and me, I'm thinking, oh, look at him. We've been texting. He bought me drinks. He's coming to pick me up. We're going to have a good time. He picks me up. We're talking. It's great. Wonderful. We get to the place and I proceed to leave the car. And he's like, okay, well, when you're finished, call me and I'll come pick you up. And I was like, wait, you're not, you're not going with me? <laughs> And he said, oh, he's like, no, sweetie, I have, to, I have to work tonight. I just wanted to make sure that you got here safely and give you a ride. And I was like, how did I completely miss all of that? And I literally sat in the car for a minute or two. It may have been longer debating whether or not I should go into this club, which was kind of crowded. It looked to be some like super trendy place, which... Sometimes I have like anxiety walking by places like that because I'm like, oh my God, are they looking at me? Are they going to judge me? That's my own ish. But I was like, you're not coming with me? <laughs> and I literally was like, do I just tell him to take me home now or do I just get out of the car and go to this club or somewhere else in the vicinity so I don't look stupid? <laughs> and I decided to, you know what? I was there. I was like, look, what the hell? Let me just go in and I'll call him when I'm done. So I got in line. I got in the club. Again, was battling my whole like, Ugh, I don't want to be seen alone and I don't know, but I just was like, just get over it. I went to the bar, ordered a drink, was kind of chilling by myself, and then there were a couple ladies again to my left and right, and I struck up conversations with them. They were there with some of their friends, so I ended up hanging out with them for a bit, dancing with them, and having a really good time, actually. I'm glad I actually stayed at the place. But I was just like, hmm, this is not the way that I planned or that I imagined that this evening would go. 
And it was what it was. And after I decided to leave, I called him and I was like, he may or may not show up, but nope. He was like, great, let me finish this ride that I'm giving right now and I'll come pick you up. And he sure enough came and picked me up and we talked about how <laughs> it was. We also talked about where the confusion was, which I can talk about in another episode. We just all keep these different stories coming and coming and coming. But yeah, that was my interesting dating experience to have this gentleman who I found attractive, who seemed to find me attractive, who was very generous and who was very kind and thoughtful to then not <laughs> not have the experience that I thought I would have. And it was just like, what am I doing? What are we doing? How did I completely miss that? I mean, I could have put two and two together, but I also put a lot of other things together that I think most people would have been like, no, you're not far off. <laughs> so, <laughs> hence the question, what are we doing? What are we doing? And that is a question that I will be asking myself, will be answering myself, will be asking guests that I have. And please, by all means, if you have any questions or interesting scenarios or stories, please feel free to send them to me because I am certainly interested in knowing them and in sharing them if you give me permission so that we can all laugh together. We can all laugh together and continue to answer the questions. What are we doing when it comes to LSD, love, sex, dating, and all things relating? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me. And of course, of course, let's close out in our typical fashion because that's what we do here at O's Corner. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everything today, everything that surrounds us, that supports us, that coexists and co-creates with us. Thank you, ancestors. Thank you to the elements and elementals. Thank you to the beings in the plant, mineral, animal kingdoms. Thank you to the directions. Thank you to all of the messages that came through. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege of being here, of being in the space of sharing, of learning, of experiencing, of teaching, of seeing, of reflecting. I'm so grateful for all of it. I'm grateful for this life. I'm grateful for all of it. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Ah, until next time, I am your host Oni, and I am so grateful that you joined me here today and tune in for next week's episode. You've been listening to O's Corner with your host, Onyi. Want to know more about Onyi? Log on to onyi.love. That's O-N-Y-I dot love. Thanks for listening.